The scripture reading this morning is from the book of Colossians, uh, chapter 3. And I invite you to, to hear, to listen to these words of truth, to these words of life. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And then verse 23, whatever you do, Work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. The word of the Lord. Uh, Like you, every day I get ready for the day. Now, uh, what do I do to get ready? Well, here's what I do, but not in this particular order. Uh, but I, I do my hair. This, this is quick, very quick. Uh, deodorant. I get dressed. If this is school, it's just khaki pants every day. Pick a different shirt. Very simple. Um, I make a, a small cup of very strong coffee. And I spend some time uh, reading God's word. And in prayer, I have breakfast. Now, why do I do these things in the morning? I'll tell you why. So I look good. So that I smell good. So that I feel good. And so that I, I think and do good. Well, here we are in the Christmas season. And what is on our mind is, well, we want to think Christmas We want to see Christmas. Uh, We want to even smell Christmas. We want to feel Christmas. And so how do we do that? Well, you know, we we get presents. We write Christmas letters and read Christmas letters. We, uh, We decorate. Yesterday, my family put up our tree and decorated it. Uh, We plan special events with family, meals with family and friends. And we go to wonderful services of worship as the church. That's getting ready for Christmas. Now, we also call this the Advent season, and the Advent season is to get ready for the coming of Jesus. One of the themes of Advent is to get ready for the second coming of Jesus. And so my question for you this morning is, how are you going to get ready during Advent for the second coming of Jesus? And and the answer to that question, how are you going to get ready, 
I would like to talk about this morning, and that is to live with purpose. Simply to live with purpose. If you live with purpose, then you are living in the spirit of Advent and you are getting ready for Jesus' coming. Now, at uh, Timothy Christian on the, the wall of Heisinger Auditorium, on the north side of the wall, is a series of banners with a Bible verse. Uh, for those of you who've been in there, do you know what that Bible verse is offhand? It's, it's Colossians 3, verse 23. And uh, this verse, we just read it, talks about living life with purpose. Now, through the sermon... Uh, you are going to help me in a liturgical response kind of way. This will get you involved in the sermon. If any of you get dozy, this will call you back. Uh, This will be a good thing. And uh, essentially, I want to drive this verse into your hearts this morning. Okay, drive it into your hearts. So uh, this group is going to say, whatever you do. Okay, this is the beginning of Colossians 3.23. Whatever you do. Can you say this? Right here, work at it with all your heart. As working for the Lord. Amen. You just said the three points to the message. The three points to this message. How do you live in purpose? It deals with what you do, how you do, and why you do. So first, what you do. Now, the meaning of this verse in context, it's important for us to obviously look at Bible passages in context. And uh, I didn't read it, but right before this verse, Colossians 3.23, Paul is, he's addressing slaves. Now, the New Testament does not endorse slavery. In fact, New Testament principles are, were used to abolish slavery. However, the church is is young. It is small in number compared to the mighty Roman Empire. There are slaves that are becoming Christians, and Paul wants to address them. And so essentially he is saying, well, wherever you find yourself in life, whatever situation you find yourself in, for instance, you slaves, whatever you do. Now, of course... Paul is referencing a broader biblical principle. This doesn't just apply to slaves. This can be applied to employer-employee relationships. It can even be applied, I'd like to make the case in just a moment, it can be applied to any situation that you find yourself in life that is within a certain structure of authority. If you recall, I I read uh, Colossians 3.17. That says... And whatever you do, and it's addressing the church, not just one particular group of people, all people, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. You might ask, why am I not preaching on that verse? Well, the other verse is on the wall at Timothy, so I want to go with that verse. Uh, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, uh, he says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, church, do it all. For the glory of God, first Peter, so that in all things God may be praised. And then Genesis 2.15, 
The Lord God took the man, put him in the Garden of Eden to work and to take care of it. Work ordained by God as an activity for us to be involved in. So that's the meaning of this verse in in context. Yes, the next question is, what does it mean for your life? I'd like you to think for a moment in terms of what you do. In terms of amount of sleep and eating and work in all different ways, your various responsibilities and, and play as well. Think about what you do. Think about what you do by yourself, uh, with, with family, with friends, what you do, the time you spend with, with other people on a normal uh, course of, of living. And how do you live within the various structures of authority, different realms of authority that are in your life? What you do, what you do, it matters. It matters. God gave you life. He gave you the ability to do. That means that all of life is spiritual, and what we do, it matters to God. So, changing a light bulb, changing oil, changing a diaper, it matters. Studying a type of personality, studying a tree, or studying for a test, it matters. Making breakfast, making someone happy, making a sales call, or making a PowerPoint presentation, it matters. Watching for cars before you cross the street, watching a performance, or watching and learning from others, you guessed it, it matters. And, and one more, sharing your toys, sharing food with the hungry, or sharing information for a business or a school project, it matters to God. So my challenge for you on this point is, how do you spend your time? Let's say I secretly observed one of you, And right now, I put a pie chart on the screen of how you spend your time. I'm not going to do it. But if I put it on a week, uh, on a a weekly basis, you know, how do you how do you spend your time? You know, how much time is spent uh, sleeping, eating? How much time is is spent being faithful with the responsibilities that you have? How much time is spent shopping? How much time is just spent Uh, talking with friends. How much time is spent in front of the TV or surfing online? For the pie chart of of your life, what what does that look like? How is God calling you today to plan your time better so that you are more faithful with the responsibilities that God has given you. Because it matters. Life matters. Whatever you do matters. Second, how you do. 
Let's review. What, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. Okay, when we get to the third point, you'll have it. Okay? So, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. I want us to think how you do. Now, what is the meaning with all your heart? Does with all your heart mean that you have to be some kind of driven, never-stopping, workaholic type of person? It doesn't mean that. Does with all your heart mean, well, that you have to exhaust yourself and tire yourself out so that you feel like you're busy? No, it doesn't mean that. Um, actually, it's, it's fairly straightforward. Uh, other Bible translations say, work heartily, willingly, Put yourselves into it enthusiastically. I would like to say it means this. Work with all your heart means do not settle for minimum just to get by. Do your very best with a sense of joy. That is how. That is working with your heart. Now, why does this matter? I think it matters personally. I mean, if our lives lives matter, if we're supposed to live with purpose, then then personally it it is beneficial for us to to really get in to the responsibilities that, that God has given us. Socially, it is responsible. Without thinking, of course, we just naturally observe all of the people around us. And when other people see you, putting your heart into things. That is an encouragement to their own lives. Also, it could be a witness for Jesus Christ, for other people, the way they see you putting your heart into things. And then, of course, why does it matter? Well, well, it matters to God. He has given you life. He has given you the ability to do. God is watching, and so it matters. So I would like you to to think and uh, to evaluate. My challenge for you is to evaluate how you are responsible uh, or how you work at your responsibilities. Uh, When it is studying or when it's on the job, your responsibilities in the family as, as a child, as a parent, as a spouse, as an aunt, as an uncle, as a grandparent, responsibilities uh, in church, into the holy call of serving God in the church with your whole heart. How do you work in other responsibilities that you have? We are to work with all our heart. Now, I want to make a point about this, and since I'm a teacher, I'll I'll use school, okay? Uh, There are some students that can get A's, and it's fairly easy for them to do that. School comes easy, okay? And then there's other students, honestly, school is a pain, and they never get good grades, okay? Now, the student that gets, let's just say, A's easily, that doesn't mean that he or she is honoring God with their lives, because why? God looks at the heart. And the student that is really struggling 
with getting good grades. But if that student is truly putting their heart into that work, that schoolwork that they are called to, then they are honoring to God. Now, of course, all students need to work hard to get the best grades that they can get. However, at the end of the day, God does not look at the report card. I mean, the parents do. But God does not look at the report card. God looks at the heart. The same can be said in other areas of life. You know, it's not the best business is not just the business that gets the most money. God is looking at the heart. Or you don't have to be better than other people at whatever you're doing because you need to work with all your heart with the gifts and the call of God upon your life. And when you do that, God is pleased to work with all your heart. This type of perspective does not lead to pride and it does not lead to Oh, well, I'm no good. God is watching you. Are you working with all your heart? How you do. And now finally, why you do. Why you do. All right. It begins with the word whatever. Okay? All right. So, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. As working for the Lord, why do you do? When you consider why you do things, you are living life with purpose. Now, in order to understand as working for the Lord, in this case, it is very helpful to go to the very next verse. Verse 24 of Colossians 3. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward... It is the Lord Christ you are serving. You will receive an inheritance from the Lord, and ultimately, you are serving God in your responsibilities that you're faithful with. 1 Peter 1.4, we are called into an inheritance that will never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, an eternal inheritance. As you are serving Jesus in this world, There are both present and eternal implications for what you do today. For the things that you do in life that matter, there are both present and eternal implications. Now, when you think of this idea of of why you do things and that you're serving for the Lord, I would like to frame it for a moment In the sense of this, you are called by God. You are called by God to work to serve the Lord. Romans chapter 1, Paul begins by addressing the church in Rome. It easily applies to the church at faith. Paul says in Romans 1, 6, And you also are among those Gentiles who are called... To belong to Jesus Christ. To all in Rome, to all at faith, who are loved by God and called to be his holy people. Through Jesus Christ, you are a child of God. 
through Jesus, the call of God is upon your life. And you are to to embrace this call and to live out this call. And how do you work for the Lord? It is under the Lordship of Jesus and it is with holiness in this world. And we become salt and we become light. And so the challenge today is, do you get it that you are called by God to serve the Lord as a disciple of Jesus in this world? Some of you today are struggling with motivation in life. You are called by God. Some of you in here are struggling with just feeling down about life, even to the point of being depressed about life. You are called by God. Some of you are struggling with direction. What decision to make? Which way to go? Where is my life headed? In that struggle, remember, you are called by God. Some of you are are simply struggling with with, with sense of self, those, those, three, those three A's, your appearance, your abilities, your attitude. Remember, you are called by God. And also remember, you are not a slave in the Roman Empire. If Paul is telling the slaves to remember you're serving Jesus, how much more... And I, Maybe how much easier is it for us to get the point as well? We're at least not slaves in the Roman Empire. Now, in this uh, Christmas season, in in this time of Advent, uh, one wonderful thing we do is we recall, we remember Christmas stories. And those Christmas stories are filled with the call of God. The call of Zechariah and Elizabeth. Parents of John the Baptist who prepare the way. John the Baptist who prepares the way for Jesus. The call of God on on Joseph to to stick through it with this pregnant teenage girl. The call of Mary who receives a visit from the archangel Gabriel. What a call. The call of some poor shepherds. and The call of some wealthy magi. To go visit the king. These seem impressive to us, do they not? Oftentimes, when we think about call, we don't think about ourselves personally. We think, oh, Bible times. Or we think about, oh, we're calling a pastor. Or, oh, this person has a call. They have so much influence over people. But the point is, each one of us in this room has a call. Now, I can't do this with everyone, but uh, brother, brother Ben Tobin right there, he's a student of mine, okay? And so you need to remember that Almighty God, the creator of the universe, knows you by name, and God's call is on your life. God wants to use you with the responsibilities you have to live for him. And what I just said to Ben applies to every single person in this room. Now, unfortunately, the little kids in children's church can't hear me right now because there's a little shout-out to them, okay? It matters 
that they learn how to play, that they learn what it means to share and obey parents. I guess this is their call for now. And for kids in elementary school, it it matters that you put your heart into the responsibilities of school and at home. As you, as you get older in, in middle school and high school and in college and you, and you realize, oh, wait a minute, I, I'm my own person. And as you, as you figure out, you start to think about the future as well. What I want to say to you, middle school, high school, into college, is that right now, the call of God upon your life, it matters. Never ever say, well, someday... I'll get more serious in my walk with Jesus. No, right now, it matters. God can use you right now. In addition to that, I would also say right now is so important to build the foundation for any ways that God is going to call you in the future. Right now, it is important to build that foundation for the future for your life. Now, to us us adults in the room, The call of God is upon our life, and we need to make sure we don't just coast into a very comfortable spot in life where we just kind of just go through life. We've got the rhythm and the routine down, and the fire of God's call becomes less and less in our life. With all of our hearts, we need to respond to that call of God. And then to those who may not be here today, But maybe they'll listen to this message to those who realize painfully the frailty of human life, to those that are very sick, to those who even see the end drawing near. The call of God is on their lives. For I will tell you, there is spiritual power in a person that is physically weak and soon may not even able to go on living for that person to testify to the goodness and the greatness of God, that is power to all the people whose lives are touched by by that person in a state of weakness. Every person as a disciple of Jesus Christ, is called. And if you're here today and you have not committed your life to Jesus Christ, I would call you to salvation, to repent of your sins and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And God will fill your life with meaning and with purpose. So, friends in Christ, this Advent season, may... You answer God's call by living with purpose. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. Amen.